What's up, team? It's Ben Cullen with your Sports Fix update for the week. Red Bull's Max Verstappen took a dominant victory in the Monaco Grand Prix to take the championship lead from Lewis Hamilton. Dutchman controlled the race after Paul Sitter Leclerc's Ferrari broke down before the start. Hamilton finished in seventh place, frustrated and angry after Mercedes's pre-race plans fell apart. He lost two places to two drivers over the pit stop period as Mercedes reversed their intended strategy. Verstappen's second victory in five races, coupled with a bad day for Mercedes, moved the Red Bull driver into a four-point championship lead. Whilst Red Bull have also taken first place in the Constructors' Championship from Mercedes by one point. This is the first time in his F1 career that Verstappen has led the World Championship. Well done, Max. Manchester City boss Pep Guardiola has been voted the League Managers Association's Manager of the Year. The Spaniard led City to their third Premier League title in four years. The club also won this season's League Cup and faced Chelsea in the Champions League final tomorrow. I am delighted to win the LMA Manager of the Year award for the second time, said Guardiola, who previously won it in 2017-2018. It is for me such a special trophy to win because it is voted for by my fellow managers. An award like this is only possible, though, if a manager is surrounded by top professionals. Liverpool royalty in the form of Steven Gerrard was presented with the LMA Special Achievement Award after his Rangers side went undefeated throughout the Scottish Premiership season. Toulouse claimed the European Champions Cup for a record fifth time. They came out on top with a narrow win against a 14-man La Rochelle in front of 10,000 fans at Twickenham. La Rochelle were down to 14 following a dangerous tackle after just 30 minutes, but they did lead at the half. The win gave Toulouse their first victory in the competition since 2010, making them the first French side to win the title since Toulon six years ago. The win saw fly half Ntomac match his father Emile, who was part of the Toulouse side that won the first Champions Cup in 1996. Captain Antoine Dupont was named the European Player of the Year for his role in the team's success. I'm delighted to welcome to the studio a good friend, a former competitor of mine, and the Hong Kong Sevens captain, Max Woodward. Max, how are you, mate? All good, mate. Thank you. It's nice to be here and have a chat on the books. Good man. Excited to have you in. Welcome to Sports Fix. Before we get started, we'd like to do some quick-fire questions. So answer as fast as you can. Don't go slow. Got ya. On land or at sea? Sea. Favourite athlete of all time? Johnny Wilkinson. Pizza or donuts? Pizza. Sevens or fifteens? Sevens. Favourite place you've ever played? Can't say the Hong Kong Sevens. Pontypool Park. <laughs> For those who don't know, that is in the Welsh Valleys. Pre-match meal? Rice and beef. Favourite sport that's not rugby? Football. Favourite football team? Ooh, Man United. Favourite rapper? Action Bronson. Surfer or snowboarder? Snowboarder. Will the Hong Kong Sevens go ahead? Yes. Oh, I like the positivity. Good man, that was a good start. I was, I was nervous, I was right for a few, just the food that threw me actually. Yeah, well we like to do that. Yeah. Good stuff, can you give us a brief rundown of who you are and what you do day to day? Yeah, so I'm the captain, as previously mentioned, of the Hong Kong Sevens team, professional athlete at the Hong Kong Sports Institute. Uh, I know you've had a few of uh, sort of colleagues per se of That's other, it. other sports here. So 
basically our job is to you know sort of play and perform for the men's national team hong kong sevens across a variety of tournaments you know sort of ultimately based on the cycle of asian games and olympic qualification every four years tournaments interspersed in the middle of that but those are sort of like the big cherries uh, that we work towards on the four-year cycles asian games and olympics um so we got like there's about 20 or 30 of us full-time at the hong kong sports institute and then that's pretty much it train train every day uh when we can play a few tournaments like it we'll come back to the tournaments in a few minutes but can you talk us through your journey into sport what you played as a young boy and how you ended up essentially in the national team yeah so i as a as a kid it was more just everything everything every sport any you know any ball any bat any racket i i gave it a whirl uh, I was lucky enough, so I went to school in Hong Kong, grew up here, um, and then pretty much just played football, rugby, cricket, I swam, I ran, and rugby was always the sport that kind of appealed to me most. I had a big affinity to, to watching rugby. My dad was a big rugby player, and then I was, so rugby was a big part of my life here in Hong Kong. I played for Hong Kong age grade, went to university in the UK and then came back to Hong Kong where we were lucky. So Rugby Sevens has only just become an Olympic sport, so we were full-time at the Sports Institute. So then it became, you know, lucky to, lucky enough to have my passion as my job. Good man. You went to university in Cardiff, right? I did. And you've played in the, the Millennium Stadium? I have, yeah. Principality Stadium. Very jealous of that. I've but, never played in there, and I'm jealous that you have. That's a that's a nice little box tick for a Welsh person, isn't it? So I'm sorry I took that from you. Yeah, not yeah. got that yet. So how long did you spend in Cardiff? Was it just the three years? Four years. So I did undergraduate and a master's at Cardiff University. Did you play for any teams outside of? Played for Pontypool oh, yeah, that's in right. the Welsh Premiership and then Cardiff RFC in my last year. Nice. So it was a bit of a baptism of fire for a you know kid from Hong Kong uh, up in there. So it was, good. it was good fun. I'm sure it was. What happened when you came back then? Did you go straight into the national stuff? I, I came back and I played for my club here, which is Valley. And Sevens had only just become full-time at the Sports Institute, so you had to earn your keep a little bit. And I, I played a few domestic tournaments for Valley and one tournament for Hong Kong. And then about six months after I'd come back, I took a full-time role at the Sports Institute. Nice. And you've been doing that ever since. But you took a, you took a break to Japan as I well? I played in Japan for a year at a club in near Tokyo, but been at the Sports Institute now for eight years. Love it. How long do you think you've got left? Great question. It depends on the success of the next tournament. Could be, could be a year left. It could be another four years to give the Olympics a shot. But depending how the body goes. That's a nice segue for us. Can you talk about the upcoming tournament, what it involves, and what the ultimate goal is? So June nineteenth, we have a Olympic repechage tournament in Monaco. So each global region had one team qualify for the Tokyo Olympics and Rugby Sevens. We had a the best chance that Hong Kong will ever have or have ever had to qualify for the Olympics because Japan auto qualified so there was a spare place to give to Asia. Understood. So we lost to Korea in the final in November 2019, which was pretty heartbreaking as we never lose to Korea ever, but decided to lose to them in the one winner-takes-all final. That is terrible. Yeah, um, so the, the tournament coming up is basically the best of the rest who haven't qualified yet, and it's winner-takes-all. Ten teams, one winner goes to Tokyo Olympics. And what other sort of teams are in there? So 
We are fourth seeds, actually. Top four seeds are us, Ireland, Samoa, and France. And then other countries make up uh, from other regions, Chile, Mexico, Uganda, Zimbabwe, and one other team, that Jamaica, pretty, I think. Some pretty big names there. Yeah, so it's it's a tough one. But I, mean, I the sort of thing that keeps us going is if, you, if you're going to win a tournament against the head, as in as an underdog, this is the tournament you will win, given, yeah. given the last year, two years we've had. That's um, great. Yeah. Have you been to Monaco before? We have. So 2015 was exactly the same tournament. 2015, so this is my second Olympic cycle. 2015, we lost to Japan in the final to qualify for Rio. Oh. Uh, we subsequently went to the repechage in Monaco at the stadium. Incredible, incredible trip, incredible city. And then we lost in the quarterfinal to Samoa of that tournament. So it's basically just round two. Understood. Yeah. What is different this time round to the similar team, or very different? There's the backbone is pretty similar. Obviously, the old the old chaps like myself are, are still kicking around. The big thing that's different is our our depth. We we've got a lot of good good strong young players now. We have a strong bench we can rotate on, which I think in a sevens tournament is ultimately the big difference between the top teams and the sort of mid range teams is is the effectiveness of the players they can bring on. That, you know, it's going to be good. I think we've got a pretty good chance. Long shot. Thank you, Max. We look forward to hearing more from you next week. Hong Kong, are you ready? This is the hottest ticket in the world right now. It's an all-English final this weekend in the Champions League. Premier League winners Man City take on Chelsea in Portugal tomorrow. Can Man City make it a treble? Or can Chelsea reign on their parade? That is my hottest ticket in the world this week. Have a great weekend all, and I'll see you for your Sports Fix next week. Thank you so much for the latest updates and the in-depth interview. Join Ben again next week right here in the Common Room. Common Room with Alison Howe.